What's happening, guys? Welcome to Chester Radio. Today I've got Dion Rabello, CEO of DCX Bullion. Today we're going to be talking about, you know, trying to hedge your bet against the rands, against currencies that you know are never in your favor. So, Dion, thank you, and I appreciate you coming in. Jess, thanks for the time. I really appreciate it. Awesome. So, a little brief background, you know, maybe like a little two-minute history on you and how you got started in bullions. Okay, so I actually come from a, a mining manufacturing background, um, so left school, um, and I've always been mainly marketing, but within the mining sector and manufacturing. So mining and, and precious metals always came to me quite naturally. Um, I've been fortunate enough to go underground to the deepest mines in the world, which go beyond four and a half kilometers. And, you know, so I've always experienced, uh, I, I was at the point then when gold was booming in the late 90, early 90s, and then it started to taper off and then platinum started to boom in the early 2000s to peaking to around 2008. So I was fortunate enough to be in, in that sector when that was happening. And then, of course, COVID hit in 2020. I'd already formed the business in 2018. And, um, you know, with 2020, it started to become more of a full-time um, job or, or company, whereas at the time before then, it was more just an enjoyment, a hobby. And, uh, you know, I was then exposed to silver. And at that stage, I knew a lot about gold. I knew a lot about platinum but very little about silver. And suddenly when I was exposed to it and I started to look into silver as a precious metal and its value, I started to realize that it has massive, massive value going forward. When we talk about gold, silver, or platinum, which are precious metals, we're talking ounces, which roughly in grams is about 31.2 grams. So, and I'll, I'll talk about them in dollars because that's normally how we discuss it, but we can always cross to RAND terms on them. But to, simply, to simplify it is, if you look right now, an ounce of gold is roughly about $1,750 an ounce, an ounce of platinum is around $1,000 an ounce, and an ounce of silver is around $22 an ounce. So there's a massive difference in the actual value of those commodities. But interesting enough, I mean, especially with gold and silver, they follow... A, a, a history and they've got a, a relationship that they are, are being currency with man as long as we've been trading as human beings and even up until 1971 when Richard Nixon was then the US president of the states I mean he was the one that actually removed the dollar from the gold standard and from that point we've gone into a, a, a whole monetary policy where we've literally been printing money and this is where we're sitting with the problem we're sitting now in the world, that we are literally sitting on a massive bubble. And this was even, this was anticipated even earlier than 2020. And then when 2020 happened, I mean, this is actually, before then was known as the everything bubble. And 2020 hit, the pandemic came into the world. That even accelerated it because countries needed quantitative easing. We as civils, you know, civilians, we're all locked up in our homes globally, but yet the, these economies needed to still function or they would have collapsed. So governments, by avoiding that, had to pump money into their, their countries to keep them from, from collapsing. Remember, we had social grants that were handed out during COVID. That was all of that way of, of avoiding countries collapsing economically. But there's a price to pay. You don't get something for nothing. 
And we are now going into that period of time now where, I mean, some of the, the, the best economists, global economists, are talking about us going into a market recession, depression, or correction, and some are even equating it to a magnitude of a Great Depression. When that will happen, um, it's interesting. I mean, we've been discussing it for the last two years. And funny enough, I mean, a lot of them have said 2023. So we know that we're coming into that. But, you know, aside from that, Jess, I think it's important. What what I, I want to discuss here is more about people having the knowledge. And we all, as a business, are about information. So the one thing I want you to walk away from this today is is like, you've got a different option to look at when it comes to wealth protection and preservation. And we firmly believe that physical bullion is that method and that vehicle to to maintain wealth over the next 5 to 20 years, if not longer. We always, as a business, talk about generational wealth. And how generational wealth is built is through the long period of accruing and building up wealth. And we believe gold and, and, and silver and platinum have, have got that for us. So essentially, you know, you mentioned referring to gold in dollar terms. You know, how do you handle rands and fiat currencies? Because obviously, you know, you're trying to hedge your bet against inflation and all of those things that happened in an economy now that's obviously going kind of downhill. Yeah. But investing something in gold, silver, those minerals, kind of regardless of the inflation or whatever that happens, you're still pretty safe. Yeah. So, Jess, I mean, that is a fantastic question, and it's probably the most relevant question, um, especially for South Africans, especially people in, in, that are, are living and earning rands. But this doesn't just pertain to the rand. As you said, fiat currencies. Now, the dollar is a currency, and we did mention that the, the gold is hedged to the dollar because it's considered the international currency. That is also in a phase of changing, now, people say to me, what happens when the dollar does well or it does poorly? Gold does better. So effectively, um, we always say this to, to say, South African um, clients, is gold is a double whammy protection. So when you have a devaluation of the rand to dollar, you will see value. And when the dollar devaluates to gold, you see value. So just about interesting topic on devaluation of currencies. So... We, we do a lot of case studies and I said, uh, you know, for us as a business, our biggest thing is about making sure that everything that we talk about is reputable facts that can be verified. Now, the important thing there is if we look at a country like Argentina, it's a very similar country to South Africa. There's a little bit of differences, um, but essentially South Africa, if we look economically, we know there's issues. We know load shedding, and just load shedding itself is a lack of infrastructure that hasn't been built up over the last 20-plus years. But with load shedding is also affecting our GDP. So our actual growth as an economy is going to be affected. I mean, we already know for a fact that we are going to have a GDP deficit. So as far as money coming in, we're going to have less money coming in than what we're spending. So essentially, we know that the RAND is already going to weaken more to the dollar. And this is coming in the next couple of months. Within this year, we will see the RAND start to do value further. So, as I mentioned, we do a lot of research, and we looked at a country like Argentina. And if you look, in January of 2020, the Argentinian peso was around 59 pesos to the dollar. 
And they then had a sovereign default in June of 2020. So literally six months later, they defaulted. And when we talk about sovereign defaults, and South Africa is very close to this. I mean, we've incurred massive loans over the last three years. And interesting enough, I mean, it was just the other day where Treasury was looking to secure another loan from, from the IMF. And we're just digging ourselves deeper and deeper into this hole. As a person, I mean, if you had to just incur taking on loans and loans to try cover your living expenses, eventually you're going to implode. And this is the same scenario with the country, but it's just at a bigger scale. So we looked at Argentina, right? And as I said, they de- they defaulted on their, their sovereign debt. And when we talk about a sovereign default, simply it's the inability to repay the interest on the loan. So it's not even the loans anymore. It's the interest that's been generated from those loans that they can't even pay that. And that creates a sovereign default. Subsequently, if we look at it now, we're just over two years down the road with Argentina. Their peso went from 59 pesos in January of 2020. It's now at 189 pesos to the dollar. Sure. So in the space of two years, they've literally lost three times the value of their currency. And is that just by not being able to pay their debts? Or? Well, it's, 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 it's a slippery slope. And we've seen this with South Africa. I mean, we were in the, in the early 2000s around, or late 1990s, early 2000s around, um, probably seven to eight rand to the dollar. But we saw we had that slippery slope. We went into the teens, and now we're in the high teens. And, and it goes like that. But yes, essentially, with Argentina, the inability to repay those loans, they then you lose credit worthiness. So in other words, they are unable to repay any of the loans or they're unable to secure any further loans. Yet they still got to remember, I spoke, if, if it was an individual and you've just taken all these loans to survive, now how are you going to get out of it? So now things start to break down. You have a breakdown of social uh, structure. You know, So it's a whole slippery slope in its own right. But what's interesting, and, and as I said to you, the important thing, this is about empower. Empower is information. And that's what we really focus on here is we did a case study and we said, if you took a million pesos and you held it in an Argentinian bank in January of 2020, right now in the same million pesos in Argentinian bank in buying power, you would have the value of about 250,000 pesos in value. So your, your pesos has lost threefold of its buying power. Still a million pesos, but its buying power is 250,000 pesos. So let's say they took those pesos and they bought a million pesos worth of gold. Fantastic. I was actually just about to come into that. So, so we did. We applied that same thing. So in January 2020, we said we'd like to purchase physical gold. And again, we, we could have made this look sweeter and just it's gold, the spot price in gold, which is the paper or the market derivative price of gold. But we applied a premium for physical gold. And interestingly enough, you would now be sitting not on a million pesos worth of gold, you'd be sitting on just under 4 million pesos worth of gold. Sure. So during that period of time over the last two years where the peso has literally gone like that to the dollar, your value of wealth would have been maintained and then grown like that. So you actually, in unstable times, would have actually reestablished your wealth and would have actually grown it further. And just literally purchasing gold and holding it. 
So, I mean, that is a, an amazing thing to, to even think. And again, it's not, a, you know, as I said, it's a million pesos. If we actually convert that to rands, it worked out to be about 11 ounces of gold. So it's not a, a massive amount of gold, but it's a fair amount. And if you look at it now, the actual buying power, that same, if you had a million pesos, what it would buy you, it's roughly about three ounces of gold. Sure. So you see how much that currency is devalued to, to the dollar. So what, what about someone now, you know, in terms, in terms of your, your company, I now want to buy gold, I want to buy silver, I want to invest in it, but I don't have enough cash, I don't have like 30k to put towards, you know, a quarter ounce or whatever the yeah. exact thing is, you know, how do you facilitate that process for, you know, people that maybe don't have 30k to just put up front? Again, fantastic question. So for, for us, we, we, we do have clients that come in and can purchase 30,000 rand, 100,000 rand. In fact, we've had clients purchasing a couple of millions with us. Um, you know, we utilize Fidelity Security Group for vaulting, um, and we also ut utilize Skynet for deliveries. It's all insured. It's fully covered. But we also saw, and this was actually inspired by a woman, and we'll just call her Barbara from Langaban. But she is a real person, and she was one of our first clients. And every single month without fail, Barbara bought an ounce of silver. Came a couple of months where she saw things not weren't great in the economics of what's going on, and she'd phone me and say, Dion, can I buy two ounces of silver this month? And then her daughter got married, and she said, Dion, I need to buy another two extra ounces this month. But slowly, over that period of time, that an ounce of silver, roughly in rand terms, then was about 400 rand an ounce. It's sitting around 600 rand an ounce now, so it's actually grown over that period of time. But what's interesting is we know that Barbara didn't have available income to go and purchase 30,000 rand or, or a kilogram of silver, which is 15,000 rand or so. So we then looked at a thing called the Monthly Medallion Club, or we coined it the MMC. And no, what no is pun intended. Yes, exactly. <laughs> And, and, you know, so what we, we decided to do there is we realized that currently in the market there's nothing available for people to be buying physical gold, silver or platinum at a, a low price point. We looked at some of the models that were available. Some were you buy a percentage of a Kruger Rand and then when you want to sell, you got to have – they have first options. And, and we just saw this it wasn't client-centric. It wasn't client-focused. So we said, you know what, we want a client to, to buy as little on silver as 375 rand, 450 on platinum and 500 on gold. So I mean, it's small amounts. I mean, let's be honest, if we go out for dinner, two people, you're looking at what, 500 bucks? If you're lucky. <laughs> if you're lucky, exactly. And that's, that's a lunch without drinks or wine or anything like that. So it, it's small amounts of money. Yet what we do is we actually buy grams of gold. So every single month, the client, you, you actually create a profile. Um, you go onto a website and you actually follow the MMC link. And then it actually takes you to, you create a profile from that. You then can create a subscription. So you can choose between silver, gold or platinum, which ones you want based on your monthly uh, uh, you know, available income. And the nice thing is every month, Come the beginning of the month, we then have a recurring payment and you actually can buy grams of gold, silver or platinum. Now, the nice thing with this is 
they are your grams. We are only ever the custodian of it. And what's important here is silver is a non-beneficiated precious metal, which means you can hold granules of silver, you can hold bars of silver, you can hold medallions, it doesn't matter. But platinum and gold you can't. You, we as lay people, you got three options. The first is little um, bars from, say, Rand Refinery. They've got to be fully encapsulated. They've got to have serial numbers. You've got to have a full paper trail of where they're from and all those kind of things. Um, and they are problematic. I mean, there was a, a story uh, probably about a year and a half ago where gentlemen from, Mo, um, from Madagascar were coming through ORT with a whole bag full of, of these little bars. And they couldn't prove where they bought, got them from. They were arrested firstly because it's illegal based on our, our, our precious metal laws. And they were confiscated. Um, the other th- option is uh, sovereign coins like the Krugerrand. Now, we're not a massive advocate of Krugerrands because like the money in your wallet, right, you never own that, note, or that, that 100 rand note. You only ever own the value. It remains government property. Now, Krugerrand's the same thing. You will only ever own the value of a Krugerrand. Now, how we know this is simple. If you choose to leave South Africa tonight and you want to, you've spent the last 10 years buying Krugerrands and you want to leave, you need a SARS clearance to retake 10 Krugerrands. So it, it's limited to its, its versatility. So now the, if they get gold through you or silver or anything, What's the process in terms of immigrating? I'll, I'll do now, so the third product is what we mainly do. So we do do Krugerrands, we do sovereign coins, but we don't see value in that from a, a wealth preser- preservation or, or investing perspective. We, we looked at medallions. Now, for the layperson, you, which you don't have a precious metals license, that is probably the best vehicle. You can hold... A tenth of an ounce of gold, which is roughly 3.2 grams, to 32 ounces of gold, which is a kilogram of gold, which is a million rand in your hand. And, and the amazing thing with that is you can take that million rand in the form of a medallion, which uh, has to comply to local laws. Now, we have to comply to SATMA, which is a South African diamond and precious metals regulator. They specify that anything that you produce needs to have... It needs to be minted and it needs to have its purity and weight and all those things on it, which we comply to. And, and the interesting thing with that is you can take that, that million rand, you can choose to leave tonight. By, the, by law, you're not breaking any laws. You are not uh, transgressing anything that's illegal. And that's the important thing is you can land in London, Perth, as we mentioned, anywhere in the world. And you will have the same value of that gold in that currency globally. So medallions offer a lovely option like that. So they 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 are definitely geo neutral, but they also have that ability to to be able to carry in bigger quantities. So now you say that you know you could take your medallion, your million rand equivalent medallion overseas. Now if you sell it, let's say now you're at a point where it's worth one point five million. And you sell it. You don't have to pay tax on that, or do you? Yeah. So the interesting fact with that is you're gonna, you, you have to pay CGT regardless. But if you purchase gold, and this is a lovely thing, is you only ever pay CGT on resale, on when you choose to sell that's it. That's capital gains tax. Yes, capital. Well, for the younger audience. Yes, capital gains, yeah. gains tax. 
But the lovely thing is if you choose to buy your, your medallions and you grow them and, and you get to a point where you choose to, and we use the term liquidate, and when I say that to people, they're like, oh, liquidate is a bad word. In, in precious metals, it means converting it from a, a precious metal into cash. Um, so if you choose to liquidate it, you, you don't need to go and liquidate big portions of it. You can liquidate smaller portions of it to whatever suits you. There are tax thresholds that you can avoid uh, CGT um, and things like that. So you will always pay tax. But what we're looking here for is, is the most effective way of doing it. So just back to the MMC. So if we look at the MMC, and this is where where medallions come into it. So we allow every client to, on a monthly basis to be buying grams of gold and silver or platinum. They choose what they want. We, as I said, with platinum and gold, you as a layperson can only hold a finished article of gold, like I said, little bars, Krugerrands, or medallions. Medallions, like I said, are also, they fall into the class of jewelry and collector coins. They are like jewelry. And even in within refining circles, within precious metals, when we sell them globally um, to, to other big um, investment houses, they are classified as jewellery. Um, the lovely part with that, and this is another perfect example of this, is we had a client who emigrated to Australia. He had collected over 2 million rands worth of, of Krugerrands, which is 60 Krugerrands. He is currently in Australia, and one of our partners being Tax Consulting South Africa contacted me and said, listen, we, we got this issue. Um, the client's uh, Kruger Rands remain in South Africa. He is in the process of emigrating, um, so they need to know what they can do. We gave a solution. We could have them delivered to him in Australia. He would pay the cost to literally like James Bond, where there's a small case, a chain, and the, we actually get a called onboarding parcel. Guy sits and he literally would fly to Australia and deliver those Krugerrands to the gentleman. Or he has an option to, to liquidate them where we then give him the, the, the RAND value and then uh, give it across. And I said to the client, what's interesting is I said, do you understand if you had bought medallions for the same value when you chose to leave South Africa with all your wife's jewellery, was there any issue with that? And he said to me, no, it's, it's her jewellery. I said, your medallions would have been in the same box and would have fallen under the same laws. So not having this that they're held back and you got to wait for SARS clearances and this and that. And, you know, to the extent, uh, and we haven't concluded this yet, but the likelihood is he probably will not actually even keep them. And I think it's so sad that here he's taken years to, to, to grow his, his um, bullion wealth and hedge his uh, wealth out of rands, and now suddenly he's having to start from scratch again. So that you know, and that that's where that that really comes into it. And and again, this is where the 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 MMC as as a product allows people to be purchasing grams. So we always get this, and people say, "Yeah, but you know, um, say I've got a tough month, and I, I've got a lot of expenses, and I can't pay my monthly subscription of five hundred rand." We allow a client to do indefinite monthly holds and, and, you know, so they can actually put their subscriptions on hold continuously on a monthly basis to when it suits them. They can up it, they can decrease it. Uh, we allow a lot of that movement. We've even had client, clients saying, 
you know, they're happy with their silver. Can they cash? Can they liquidate their silver? But they want to move to a gold product or platinum. So we do get crossings on that, and generally we keep it as customer friendly as possible. So now I have, let's just say, it took me a year to completely pay off and you know acquire that whatever ounce it would be of gold. Now what is it? Do you facilitate and keep it there with you guys in your you know facility, or am I able to get it? You know, what's the process there once I've paid off? Well, so Jess, the important thing here is you own those grams the whole time. We are only ever the custodians on your behalf, so you have full control. In fact, you could get to halfway to half an ounce, which is roughly fifteen grams of gold. You could say, "I want to liquidate." We would give you the 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 value on that day. So, say we're gold sitting at now about seventeen hundred dollars an ounce, like as I said, seventeen fifty, and it's then gone to two thousand dollars an ounce. We pay you out on that, so your grams grow while we, we hold them, but it's, they remain yours. So that's a great question. So when you get to an ounce, you have two choices. We can get it delivered to you with Skynet through insured delivery to your door, or we can hold it with Fidelity, um, who's the other partner, and that's free vaulting and insurance to the value of a million rand. We've had clients also that choose the vaulting option, but... You know, they've grown their, their bullion and they then want it delivered. We can do part delivery so you can have it held in vaults for six months to a year and then choose an annual vault a, a delivery. We keep it as customer-centric or customer-focused as possible. So, you know, let's say I have been paying towards my gold 600 rand every single month for a year and then I realize, yo, that value at the end of the month is actually worth double now. I just want to sell out. So then you basically just give those people essentially double what they've paid if the gold has gone that direction. Absolutely. So this is also important is, and, and you know, earlier we discussed that I think a lot of what we taught and, and I think the trends with Bitcoin were a perfect example of it, where people went in to make a quick buck. And, and, and essentially, if I had to come to you and say, put all your money on gold, that's gambling. And, and essentially, as a business, we don't work that way. We say gold is, if physical bullion is about the long-term investment. So you, we would look at seven-year cycles, so 7, uh, 14, 21, and so on. And you think about it like this. If, if you, you know, starting out, you, you know, 0 to 7, you're going into primary school. 7 to 14, you're going into high school. 14 to 21, you're going into, into your professional business career or studying. So it's a lovely angle. And the difference is this, that normally five years of investing, the, the extra two years of compounding make a massive difference on growth. So we, we know that even with gold. I mean, for instance, gold in dollar terms over the last 50 years has given compound return of 8% per annum. In rand terms, it's nearly three times that amount. And if you look at, let's just say you're fortunate enough to get an investment that you pay into that gets 8% as well, you're essentially still losing money because of inflation. Correct. Whereas with the gold, you're kind of hedging against inflation because the value of gold, regardless of, you know, because it's not actual physical money, it's the currency that it's worth. So I, I love, let's put it this way, gold is money. And gold is, as, as I said, we've used gold as, as humans as long as we've been trading. 
but legally gold is money and and we need to start realizing uh, that it is one of the most uh, safest forms of wealth preservation. And how do we know that? Is any time of, of economic uncertainty, and this is globally, we know that your big investment houses, the Goldman Sachs, the JP Morgans, those kind of big investment houses start hedging a lot of their investments into gold because it's stable. It's stable through unsure economic periods. So we look at what's happening in the world right now. There's a lot of uncertainty. We've got a geopolitical uncertainty with war and you, in Russia and Ukraine and so on. But then we also know economically, I mean, as I said, we don't know where things are going to go. And, and there's just so much uncertainty out there. And, and this is where people get worried. They get worried that, you know, what is their gold? You know, what is it going to be worth over the long run? You speak about inflation, and this is such an important part of it. So essentially what that means is if I bought something for 100 Rand two years ago, that same product I'm paying 150, 200 Rand. We see it when we go to Willie's or to whichever shop you shop at, where you before, and I mean, I look at it like simple things like, say, a panel of blueberries. I mean, you look at it like two years ago, you'd be spending 30 bucks. Now it's 40 bucks. Now it's 50 bucks. Now it's 18. It's nearly 100 Rand two years down the line. That is currency. That's food inflation, but it's also devaluation of currencies from a purchasing perspective and all those things. So interesting with that, um, you know, we also looked at uh, one of the other case studies we did was with an RA. And it's fully legitimate. It actually was my own personal RA. It's with one of the mo the biggest established uh, companies in South Africa. In fact, I've got all my my investments with them, including medical aid and so on. They're well established, and we we decided to to do a case study and look at my RA over literally the last fourteen years. And interesting enough, when we first looked at it, the rand dollar was around seven rand to the dollar. And we see where it is around now. It's around 17. It must have been a while back if it was seven. Yeah, 14 years ago. Okay. So, so just, in the, just over a decade, a decade and a half, it's devalued that much. It's literally lost half its value, if not more. It's actually more. So you look at that. So the RAND went from, from 7 to 1 to, to 17, 50, 18. It's pulled back a bit. So we know that. So if we look at uh, the monthly premiums, they equate to 162,000 Rand over that 14-year period. Now, what's interesting is, so that's every single month I'm paying into my RA. And for, if people don't know what an RA is, it's a retirement annuity. So it's a way of, uh, you know, as I said, that's what when I started working, I was told get an RA, put money into it, and when you get older, you can retire with it. I can tell you now, I don't think so because of, of how it's performed. And based on its general performance, it's, it hasn't done that badly. As I said, premium-wise, I spent 162,000 Rand over that 14-year period. Its value is around 206,000 Rand. So it's only grown that little much more. Now, now imagine it, you had bought gold. Well, this is it. So, so what we did is we applied the same formula. We said those premiums over the 14-year period, 
But again, we didn't just say spot, we applied a, a physical price to it. So we made it as real as possible. And interesting enough, you would be sitting just on the growth of gold and the devaluation of the rand to dollar. You'd be sitting on 250-odd thousand rand in gold. And the difference is it's no longer in rands, it's in gold. So just that, same money, same input, the difference is the outcome. 205,000 rand or 206,000 rand in RA value or nearly 250. So it's grown literally 50,000 more over that same period of time. And I think what you offer is such a special service because I'm personally, you know, will put like 3,000 rand a month away for an RA. Whereas if I'm putting 3,000 rand away to you guys and putting it towards gold, that is going to be far more valuable at the time of retirement. Absolutely. And, and again, you know, I, I, th I always say this to people and, and I do a lot of talks and stuff is what I'm talking about now is not even investing with my business. The information I'm giving is, is about, it's a mind shift, it's a mindset change. And, and as you said, it's the difference is instead of putting that money into an RA, 3,000 Rand, and it grows to those values, but it's also at the end when you want the money back. Now, I've heard this from so many people. So they get to the retirement age and it's due to be paid out. So they say, yeah, listen, it should have done 2 million, but it did 1.8. Okay, fine. Can I have my money? No, you can only have half of it now and the rest will give you on a monthly basis. But it's your money. It's your, what you put in there on a monthly basis and now you've been limited to it. Sadly, and, and, and I'm, I will say it, is the people that make money from RAs are the ones that sell them. Difference is if you had bought it in gold, you'd be sitting with ounces of gold. The difference is you can choose to liquidate whichever amount you wanted. And the lovely thing is being in a medallion, you could go to a jeweler and say, you know what, I'm about to get married. I'd like to get a ring for my wife. There's my gold. And he can make, he can make jewelry from it. So it gives you that flexibility. It allows you to, to liquidate small amounts or large amounts. So you could choose to go away on holiday. Oh, let's, let's liquidate two ounces because we want to go away to, to the States or wherever. And now, so in terms of personal experience, obviously I, being in my generation, got on the Bitcoin train quite a bit. And, you know, I went and bought 80,000 Rand worth of Bitcoin. Roughly now, it's probably worth about 40,000. So it's, it's halved. Whereas if I had bought gold, I did buy Kruger Rands maybe three years before that. And those Kruger Rands that I spent on the same, the same amount of value I spent towards the Kruger Rands as the Bitcoin, the Kruger Rand has way outperformed. Absolutely. And it's st stood the test of time. Whereas Bitcoin has kind of looked like it was a fad. Then people started selling because there was also a lot of scamming involved. Whereas, you know, with legit corporations, there's no way to scam people. So there's safety in gold. There's this, it's stood the test of time. And then also you can hedge against currency. So there's, from all aspects, gold is just the safer route. Whereas with Kruger, I mean, with Bitcoin, you know, there's, just look at these companies that have, you know, had to go bankrupt because they can't, when people want their money, they don't have the money to give. So there's so many uncertainties with Bitcoin. I mean, it's been pretty consistent lately, but badly consistent because it's halved in value from almost when I bought it. Yeah. Whereas gold, it's never 
done a complete dip like that. Even in the pandemic, you know, that's the true thing that stood strong regardless of the economy. Yeah, listen, you've said a lot there. And, and you know, I, I know, I know lots of people that invested in many companies that were parading themselves as Bitcoin companies. And, and I mean, we know many of them. And sadly, people, like I said, you remember, if you put everything on one thing, it's gambling. And when I know of people that literally rebonded their homes because Bitcoin's running and they want to seize the moment, and now they, they're sitting with a problem where it's halved, so they literally have lost not just that money, they're actually down. Now, the interesting thing is this, and people don't realize it, and silver is a similar thing to gold, that silver is very erratic. It's very similar to Bitcoin. It can jump up two, threefold, and it can pull back two, threefold. And why this is, is the size of the market. Gold is traded on a daily basis in the trillion dollars. It's a massive, massive market. So for gold to have a, a, a peak or drop, it is marginal compared to a peak or drop in, say, Bitcoin or silver because they're smaller markets and they're easier to manipulate, they're easier to, to, to flood and to withdraw and profit-taking, things like that. And I think a lot happened with Bitcoin there. You know, we talk about it um, from a, an investing perspective with stock markets where you look at the, it's called the Kindleberger and Minsky model, and it's of booms and busts. And you get your early phase adopters, and, you know, that's all the good money. So they are the people that bought gold, like you did, those Krugerrands. And like I said, I've got nothing wrong with Krugerrands. It's just on the, the, uh, the, the reselling of them. But I'll get back to that. So you bought gold. You can see how much its value has grown over that period of time, whereas you'd invested the same with Bitcoin and it's fallen. And that's the problem is you bought Bitcoin on, on, the, on the peak. You didn't buy it on the dip. Now, interesting, gold, silver, and even platinum are on the bottom side, and they're actually hitting that upward curve. And how we know this is it's moved into the, the third phase, which is the, where there's massive public adoption. We know, for instance, like with silver, I'm sure you remember the Reddit groups, the Wall Street bets groups with regards to silver, and they're trying to do a silver squeeze. I, I think it was in January of last year. And they literally pushed silver from 20, 20 odd dollars an ounce to over $30 an ounce, but it was then subdued and pulled back back into the 20s. Thing is, silver in its own right is undervalued, and we know that it's going to push up higher. I mean, there's just so much to talk about. But in, in just that, silver is, has got massive, massive value. But yes, if you look at that and you see the growth of your gold versus the Bitcoin, is the Bitcoin is in a smaller market. And to put that much money, and, and, and the thing is, we were made all these promises. People said, yes, it's, it's returns are great and this and that. And suddenly they pull back. Again, this is what we speak about. Gold has, has a proven track record. Even, like I said, if you look over a 50-year period, Gold has given a compound return in dollars of 8%. We look at the 80s and 90s. Those were very lateral decades for gold. Yet still, over the long term, it's given that return. Now, you know, we talk about Krugerrands. And as I said to you, I mean, I personally love Krugerrands. And, uh, for instance, I've got one from my daughter. She was born in January of 20, uh, April of 2020. And she, so she's turning three now. So I've got a Krugerrand with her birth date on it. So people say to me, but yeah, they have a Krugerrand from 1967 when the first new, new style Krugerrands were actually produced. 
Um, is there greater value from that one to, to a 2023? And there isn't. And the problem is this, is a lot of people that sell Cougarans will say, buy a proof set, it's more shinier and it's in a, capsu- a capsule and it has a higher value. And instead of charging you the price of what you'd pay for an ounce of, of gold, it's sometimes nearly double its value. But the difference is when you choose to sell it back or you want to liquidate it, you get the value of what gold is right now. So you actually lose money. And that's where, like I said to you, be aware of that. Yes, Krugerrands are a good investment because they're gold. And that's, at the end of the day, what we're more concerned about. You've taken your wealth out of rands and you put it into a vehicle. And that's more important. So now, obviously, you say with the RA, the financial advisor is the one that makes the money. You guys, the only money you make is your slight service fee that you obviously charge just to process and broker the deal, essentially, per month. Yeah, so essentially, you know, we we involved from the manufacturer side, so... We, we got it, you know, we have a facility that manufactures, there's cost in manufacturing, there's electricity, there's labor, those kind of things. So those costs get caught, you know, we got to recuperate. There's a small margin because it's right now highly competitive. I'm sure you've seen there's so much advertising out there right now. You hear it on the radio, you see billboards, you see it all over about gold and investing and, you know, where do you invest, who you invest with and, that that's what's what's happening right now. There's massive, massive awareness for it. So I, I think you know you. It shows your belief in the product that you're selling because if you look at an investor, I mean, sorry, a financial advisor, all they do is push the policies that make them the most money, whereas you are pushing the minerals that you know bring the best return because everyone wins at the end of the day. It's not like. They're paying all this money towards gold and then they're going to lose it at the end. It's They're paying this amount of money and they're going to win and you're also going to win because the better they do is the better you do and everyone just wins at the end of the day. A- absolutely. And, and you know, for me, as I've mentioned, for me, the awareness is if, if, if anyone listening to this has now suddenly had that mental change, that, that shift, and they're actually now looking at their, their investments thinking, but I don't have any gold. Oh, I can't afford it. No, you can. There are models out there. There are companies like ours, similar to ours, that are offering similar pro- products. But just be a little bit circumspect. Ask the questions. Make sure you understand what you've been sold. If if you know the price of, of gold is X and you've been charged a lot more, I can assure you it doesn't matter how shiny it is or how special they say it is. At the end of the day, when you have the value from an investing perspective, it's based on its purity and weight. That's all that matters. Unless it is a super, super rare coin, but even then, those are like a needle in a haystack. And I think at the end of the day, you are offering essentially that there's going to be constant growth just based off history. There's going to be constant growth on it. Whereas if you, and you can take out your money at any point, you can liquidate those coins at any point. Absolutely. Whereas to get a really good interest rate with an investment, it needs to be fixed for five years or it needs to be fixed for whatever terms, you know? Whereas with you guys, there's the return on it and then they can liquidate at any point. Well, what's interesting is this, is um, we got quite a, a good solid client base our biggest sales are from clients repurchasing. 
um, and I think that speaks volumes. So we are definitely doing something right. That that our continuous purchase. I mean, we're doing it on a daily basis where our clients and they become fiercely loyal because they see what we're doing, they know what we believe in, and they know that we are offering as best a product that we can give to market. In fact, we're looking at even new products, and and definitely when I come and speak to you again, we'll have some more exciting news on some really new developments that we're working on. So now I'm 20 years old, even you know 20 to 40. I've put money for RAs, I've done all of that, you know, but now I want to do some gold, I want to do some silver, I want to look at some platinum. What do I do? How do obviously, you know, your website's going to be in the description below, you know, but what are the first steps that you think, you know, these individuals should take? Do some homework, do some research, um, go, you know, and this is also, go on, to, go on to my website, go on to our website, we got a vast array of, of um, newsletters where we speak about the Argentinian um, a sovereign default. We speak about the RA. Those have already aged, but the numbers and figures and, and what they're based on still speaks volumes. Do your research. Send us an email. If you're not sure, the amount of times that I will spend time with clients or one of my staff will discussing it, because a lot of time it's this is unknown. And like, where do we start? And I've got 100,000 Rand, but do I just buy gold or silver or platinum or which do I do? Now, I haven't even gone to, into the individual metals. And I mean, the exciting thing is this. I, I've been talking mainly about gold, but I could just talk on platinum. And I can tell you now, you'd be like, wow, okay, I need to invest in platinum. Or I could just talk on silver. And you think, you saying that silver can go from where it is now to three figures to over $100 an ounce over the next, by the end of this decade? And we can say it's highly likely because it's not just a currency like gold, but it's also an industrial metal. I mean, the biggest growth market for silver right now is your photovoltaic market, your solar panels. That is running at around a 20% per annum growth right now. We look at just what load shedding has done for that market locally. The two biggest countries that are demanding solar panels is China and India, the two biggest populations on the planet. So we can see, and silver is used a lot in solar panels. In fact, silver, second to oil, is the most used commodity on Earth. It has the highest heat and electrical conductivity. Now I've already got you thinking about silver, and you're thinking, but we were talking about gold. Now you can see, I can I say to you, do you, I see Merit investing or looking to, to purchase put wealth into silver? As I said earlier, silver is more erratic. It is a smaller market, but it also has potential of greater gains. I mean, for silver to, to go up nearly threefold is, is not impossible. And with its current demand, we look at the world we're moving into, where less um, fossil fuel-driven cars are going to be there. And we're going to be talking about batteries and electric cars. But then I could say to you, platinum. And you'll say, but why platinum? And then I could say to you this, that that same electrical, those electric cars and engines and, and things like that, that if they're powered by a hydrogen fuel cell, and simply put it, platinum is a catalyst that converts hydrogen from gas into electricity. And it does it far more effectively than any battery can. Its recharge times are less. It's literally like you're going to a petrol station or fuel station now and fueling up. Uh, it has the same distance uh, as far as uh, range. Um, your power to weight, and we look at trucks. 
You know, you look at a Superlink, which we see hundreds of them on our roads on a daily basis. I mean, I was down in Durban uh, last week and traveling the N3 with the trucks that are on that road. And imagine those were battery trucks. A third of the load would be batteries. It doesn't make economical sense to then use a truck. But if it's a hydrogen fuel cell truck, it would be the same weight as the current trucks. Japan is the biggest, uh, has declared themselves to become the, the first hydrogen economy. What does that mean? From ships, from planes, trains, homes, everything will be powered by hydrogen. And what's amazing is platinum is the key, the catalyst, converting that hydrogen, also harvesting that hydrogen um, into, into a gas and then also converting it into electricity. So if you say to me, what do I think of platinum? I tell you where it's based now. It was a top performer in 2022 in precious metals. It's predicted to be the top performer in 2023. And it's, it's where its value is now. It's got probably three to five times growth still to go. Mm-hmm.